Hello, thank you for joining us for the Seed to Sow podcast. My prayer is that you will be blessed by today's word. Now I know. The scriptural basis for our teaching today is 1 Kings chapter 17, beginning with verse 2, going through verse 24. This is how it reads. Then the word of the Lord came to Elijah. Leave here. Turn eastward and hide in the Kareth Ravine, east of the Jordan. You will drink from the brook, and I have directed the ravens to supply you with food there. So he did what the Lord had told him. He went to the Kareth Ravine, east of the Jordan, and stayed there. The ravens brought him bread and meat in the morning, and bread and meat in the evening. And he drank from the brook. Sometime later, the brook dried up because there had been no rain in the land. Then the word of the Lord came to him. Go at once to Zarephath in the region of Sidon and stay there. I have directed a widow there to supply you with food. So he went to Zarephath. When he came to the town gate, a widow was there gathering sticks. He called to her and asked, Would you bring me a little water in a jar so I may have a drink? As she was going to get it, he called, And bring me, please, a piece of bread. As surely as the Lord your God lives, she replied, I don't have any bread, only a handful of flour in a jar and a little olive oil in a jug. I am gathering a few sticks to take home and make a meal for myself and my son, that we may eat it and die. Elijah said to her, Don't be afraid. Go home and do as you have said. But first make a small loaf of bread for me from what you have and bring it to me, and then make something for yourself and your son. For this is what the Lord, the God of Israel, says. The jar of flour will not be used up, and the jug of oil will not run dry until the day the Lord sends rain on the land. She went away and did as Elijah had told her. So there was food every day for Elijah and for the woman and her family. For the jar of flour was not used up, and the jug of oil did not run dry, in keeping with the word of the Lord spoken by Elijah. Some time later, the son of the woman who owned the house became ill. He grew worse and worse, and finally started stopped breathing. She said to Elijah, what do you have against me, man of God? Did you come to remind me of my sin and kill my son? Give me your son, Elijah replied. He took him from her arms, carried him to the upper room where he was staying, and laid him on his bed. Then he cried out to the Lord, Lord, my God, have you brought tragedy even on this widow I am staying with, by causing her son to die. 
Then he stretched himself out on the boy three times and cried out to the Lord, Lord, my God, let this boy's life return to him. The Lord heard Elijah's cry and the boy's life returned to him and he lived. Elijah picked up the child and carried him down from the room into the house. He gave him to his mother and said, look, your son is alive. Then the woman said to Elijah, now I know that you are a man of God and that the word of the Lord from your mouth is the truth. This passage of scripture, the 17th chapter of 1 Kings, brings us into a continuation of the story and faith journey of Elijah, a prophet who was used by God to encourage God's people to continue in devotion to the one and only true God and to reject the worship of Baal that was being promoted by King Ahab. We learn in 1 Kings chapter 16 that Ahab became king of Israel and reigned over Israel 22 years. Two things distinguished Ahab. First, he was said to have done more evil in the eyes of the Lord than any king before him. The scripture says Ahab did more to provoke the Lord, the God of Israel, to anger than did all the kings of Israel before him. Second, he was married to the notorious Jezebel, who took upon herself the mission of killing all of the Lord's prophets. Elijah found himself on the bad side of King Ahab and his wife, Jezebel, when he told them, as the Lord, the God of Israel lives, whom I serve, there will be neither dew nor rain in the next few years, except at my word. Knowing the danger Elijah was in, God told him to leave and hide in the Kareth Ravine and to stay there where God would provide water from the brook and bread and meat served by ravens twice a day at God's command. There came a time when the brook dried up and God directed Elijah to go at once to Zarephath. God assured him, that he had chosen a widow there to supply Elijah with food. Once again, Elijah obeyed. And when he reached the town gate, he found a widow there gathering sticks. Elijah asked her for water and then for a piece of bread. The widow's response showed that she was fresh out of food and fresh out of hope. She said, I don't have any bread, only a handful of flour in a jar and a little oil in a jug. I am gathering a few sticks to take home and make a meal for myself and my son that we may eat it and die. Elijah told her, don't be afraid. Go home and do as you have said, but first make a small cake of bread for me from what you have and bring it to me and then make something for yourself and your son. For this is what the Lord, the God of Israel, says. 
the jar of flour will not be used up. And the jug of oil will not run dry until the day the Lord gives rain on the land. The widow went away and did as Elijah told her. So there was food every day for Elijah and the woman and her family. For the jar of flour was not used up and the jug of oil did not run dry in keeping with the word of the Lord spoken by Elijah. But then another crisis arose. The widow's son became ill. He grew worse and worse and finally stopped breathing. The widow said to Elijah, What do you have against me, man of God? Did you come to remind me of my sin and kill my son? The widow's distress was understandable. She saw herself losing her precious son. As a widow, this loss would have been especially catastrophic. With no husband and no son, she would have been in great personal and economic jeopardy. We can only imagine the panic she must have experienced. Can't you hear her saying to herself, Did God preserve my life for this? A life of loneliness and uncertainty with no one to protect me or provide for me? For even the most seasoned saint, the widow's predicament tugs at the heart. But there is much to learn from what happened next. Life is a series of challenges, and even the strongest Christian can feel shaken at times at the prospect of an uncertain future. What can we learn from what happened to this widow of Zarephath? First, when overwhelming challenges come, resist the urge to accuse God or blame yourself. Even though the widow had experienced prolonged supernatural provision of her basic needs, the prospect of losing her son threw her for a loop. She said, what do you have against me, man of God? She questioned God's intentions toward her. And she questioned God's love for her. And she questioned her future as she could see it. And she even blamed herself, thinking she deserved this as punishment because of her sins. This pattern of thinking isn't unfamiliar to those of us who have experienced overwhelming challenges and problems. Sometimes we blame ourselves. We question the decisions we made in the past. We play the coulda, shoulda, woulda game. In our minds, we replay the events of the past like old black and white newsreels, wishing we could have changed history. What the widow didn't know was that God wasn't putting her down. He was setting her up for an even greater miracle. Elijah 
didn't address her accusations or words of disappointment. He told her, give me your son. You see, there was an appointment in her moment of disappointment. The second thing we can learn from this widow of Zarephath is this. We need to release to God those people and things that are most precious and those things that we hold most dear. The woman had to release her son. She had to hand her son over to the prophet. Times of overwhelming challenge are opportunities to become aware of and release to God the things we are holding a little too closely. As a mother, I do not speak these words lightly. There are times when we pray for our children and our grandchildren, but we do not release them to God. We need to pray like the sainted Hannah, for this child I prayed and the Lord has answered my petition. For the rest of his life, this child will be lent to the Lord. This is not a one-time thing. We have to release them over and over again. Elijah took the son to the upper room where he was staying and laid him on his bed. Then he cried out to the Lord, Lord, my God, have you brought tragedy even on this widow I am staying with by causing her son to die? Then he stretched himself out on the boy three times and cried out to the Lord, Lord, my God, let this boy's life return to him. Verse 22 says, the Lord heard Elijah's cry. I believe this is the second most important phrase in this passage of scripture. The Lord heard Elijah's cry. Last Saturday night, our grandchildren, Malik and Janai, asked to spend the night with Nana and Nono. Now, you have to understand that our two grandchildren and their parents from North Carolina had been visiting for a week. And this meant the bedrooms Malik and Janai have come to claim as their own were occupied for a week. Malik and Janai couldn't wait until they could stay overnight. Malik whispered to me in the middle of his cousin's visit. Is it three more days until they leave? When it was bedtime, after their parents had left, Janai decided she wanted to change her mind. She said she wanted to go home. And when I said her parents were probably at home already by then, she looked and sounded like she was going to tune up for a good cry. Malik, knowing the signals, put his fingers in his ears. After a few minutes, she sat up and looked at me intently. And she said, what will you do if I cry? I said, I will hold you and rock you 
and hug you and kiss you until you stop crying. She thought for a moment and then she said, okay. Instead of crying, she came to sit on my lap in the rocker and in a matter of minutes, she was asleep. Aren't you glad that God hears your cry? Aren't you glad that God knows just what to do when you cry out to him? You really can trust the one who died for you. He who gave up his own son for us, how much more will he not give us all things? The Lord heard Elijah's cry and the boy's life returned to him and he lived. Elijah picked up the child and carried him to his mother and said, look, your son is alive. The third thing we can learn from the widow we can rejoice because regardless of what happens, the word of God is true. You see, the greater miracle was not the resurrection of the son. It was the resulting faith and testimony gained by the widow. She said, now I know. Don't you know that any experience you emerge from with a greater awareness of God's power and a deeper understanding of who God is and what he not only can do, but will do. Oh, that's a good thing. When you come out of that dark place with the confidence that the word of God is true and that what God says he will do, that's a good place to be. She said, now I know that you are a man of God and the word of the Lord from your mouth is the truth. We can rejoice. We can learn to rejoice and speak our confidence in the word of God in our situations. The word of God is true. The fight is fixed. Whatever the fight is, it's fixed. Whatever the challenge is, it's already settled. The other day, I returned several items to Macy's. Our daughter, Sabria, and I had gone shopping. And at the end of the search, I had picked up a couple of things that were on sale. But when I got them home, I had to admit that I had bought them on impulse. I immediately put the receipt in my bag with the items and I intended to do the return right away. And I got to the store the next day and finally made it up to the cashier at the return counter. I began to look in my bag, which I call my traveling office, for the receipt. As I searched around, I said, I know I have the receipt in here. The gentleman calmly looked at the tags on the items and turned them over. And he picked up his scanner gun and began the transaction. It's okay, he said. There's a sticker on the back of the tag that tells me everything I need to know. Aren't you glad that when you accepted Jesus Christ as your Savior, when you confessed with your mouth and believed in your heart that Jesus Christ died for your sins and that he rose from the grave, that told God everything he needs to know to come to your rescue. 
we can rejoice. We can rest assured that every resource of heaven is at our disposal, that God can and will cause all things to work together for our good. The widow said, now I know. This is the most powerful testimony a believer can have. Now I know, having come through some things, having come through overwhelming challenges, standing here on the other side of that dark experience, when I look back at how I felt at the beginning and what I know now, I can say, now I know. Now I know that the word of God is true. If he says it, that settles it. I can say, having come through some things, now I know. Join us again next week for the Seed to Sow podcast with Reverend Lisa Weathers Hall. You can also reach us by email at seed to sow ministry at gmail.com. S E E D T O S O W ministry at gmail.com. God bless you.